What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Here's a quick synopsis. After losing their king and protector, T'Challa, the society of Wakanda has to protect their vibranium from outsiders and deal with a mysterious new foe. The film stars Letitia Wright, Angela Bassett, Twino Huerta, Winston Duke, Denai Guerra, Dominique Thorne, Lapita Nyong'o, and Martin Freeman. Standout performances due to the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman, there was a big question as to who would not only take the mantle of Black Panther, but more importantly lead the movie. One of the biggest bright spots of the original film was Letitia Wright who plays Shuri, T'Challa's brilliant little sister. Wright is a very good actress. Watch her outside of Marvel. It's impressive. She was in an episode of the hit sci-fi series Black Mirror where she was nominated for an Emmy and she was the lead of Steve McQueen's Mangrove. She's my favorite part of this movie. I believe this film will turn her into a movie star, and going in, I question if that was possible, because recently, it feels as though Marvel has struggled to turn actors into movie stars like they used to in the past with guys like Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans. This is a great leading performance from Wright. I love the character arc of Shuri, who in the movie is dealing with a lot of grief, but because she has a scientific mind, has a different way of dealing with that grief than the other characters in the movie. Wright is asked to do a whole lot in this movie and gives one of my favorite performances in a Marvel movie. Wright's next movie is Surrounded with Jamie Bell. Angela Bassett is an actress who's been very good for a very long time. Some of my favorite performances from her are in John Singleton's Boys in the Hood, Spike Lee's Malcolm X, and Robert Zemeckis. Is contact. She's very good in the first Black Panther. In this movie, she has given some really passionate and heartfelt moments. Her scenes are super impactful. Her best scene, in my opinion, is where we see her character, Queen Ramonda, confront the United Nations. When it was announced that the character of Namor would be appearing in the movie, a lot of people were excited. He's a popular, classic Marvel character who in the past has mostly been associated with the Fantastic. Four. In Black Panther Wakanda Forever, he's played by Tenoch Huerta, and what he does with the role is super impressive. He's playing a guy with wings on his feet and somehow makes him feel grounded. He has real gravitas. The strength of the villains in these two Black Panther films have been their motivations. In the first one, Killmonger, brilliantly played by Michael B. Jordan, is motivated by family reasons. And in this film, Huerta's Namor is motivated to protect his people. I do want to talk about two actors who I think got underutilized in this movie and they are Winston Duke and Lapita Nyong'o who are both great in the first Black Panther film and fantastic together in Jordan Peele's Us. I just wanted them to have larger roles. They had some good moments but not enough and for Lupita specifically I think this has also happened to her in the Star Wars films. Her character is great in The Force Awakens and then she disappears from the franchise altogether. Interesting to note that Nyong'o is joining yet another big franchise as she's set to star in the prequel that John Krasinski's A Quiet Place 
directed by Michael Sarnowski, who is coming off of Pig with Nicolas Cage. I also really hope that Daniel Kaluuya at some point returns to these movies. I think I felt his absence from this film. Ryan Coogler has been one of the few directors who is able to fully bring his vision to the MCU. His two Marvel films feel related to his past work, Fruitvale Station and Creed, both starring Michael B. Jordan. His movies always offer social commentary. In Fruitvale, it's about a police shooting. Creed is about a man living in the shadows of his father. Black Panther is about two men paying for the sins of their fathers. And Wakanda Forever is about a lot of things, the main one being grief and how different people react to it in different ways. For instance, Namor believes that loss is what makes a person stronger, while Queen Ramonda becomes overprotective over her grief and sacrifices, and Shuri hides her grief. The crazy thing is, Coogler was still able to make an entertaining product. The movie is still a blockbuster. I know there are people who want him to go back to making non-Marvel movies, but you can't deny, even in these films, he's able to maintain his voice as a filmmaker. And probably due to his past success with these Marvel movies and Creed, he was able to produce a movie like Judas and the Black Messiah. This guy is becoming one of the most powerful names in Hollywood, and it's because of his success with Creed and the Black Panther films. I don't watch these movies and go, man, this guy is wasting his time. No, he is making really good movies. I believe Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a very good movie. Some have disagreed. The main issue most have taken with this film is its connection to the Marvel shows on Disney+. Two characters have irked people. The first being Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart, who plays a pivotal role in the film and will soon be getting her own Disney Plus show. A lot of critics have said this film acts like, quote, a backdoor pilot to the character. The other character being Valentia Allegra Fontaine, a CIA agent played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who previously showed up on the show Falcon and the Winter Soldier and during the end credits scene to Black Widow and is going to have a prominent role in the upcoming Thunderbolts movie with Sebastian Stan, Florence Pugh, and Harrison Ford. One of the funniest things in pop culture lately has been people not liking Dreyfus for the first time because she joined the MCU. This is an 11-time Emmy Award winner from Seinfeld and Veep. She's a comedic icon. In the context of this movie, it doesn't bother me that both of these characters are included, but I will admit Marvel used to be way better at introducing a character. Think back to Black Panther and Spider-Man both being introduced in Captain America Civil War. They are not in a lot of scenes, but you still get a lot of character growth. Bozeman's Panther in that film is trying to avenge the loss of his father, while Holland's Spider-Man is trying to impress Tony Stark. I don't think the arc of Ironheart's character in this film is as effective. No one will leave this movie dying to see that character on screen again, the same way we were with Bozeman's Black Panther. We were all hyped for the Black Panther movie after Civil War. We were all hyped for Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man after Civil War. And yes, it's fair to ask, why would I be excited for Ironheart? She's not as popular as Black Panther or Spider-Man, but that's not the point. Those characters were given an arc. Those performances were memorable in Civil War. And more importantly, they got you excited to see those characters again and again in the MCU. I 
think the real problem with the MCU right now is they are introducing characters who are supposed to be a big part of their future that not a lot of people are excited for. I don't think Ironheart is as bad as this, but I'll use this example. I love the Marvel Netflix shows. I loved Daredevil. I like Luke Cage a lot. I like Jessica Jones. I like The Punisher. And then they introduce Iron Fist. And that character did not work. So then when they brought all of those characters into one show called The Defenders, guess who was the problem? Iron Fist. I think Marvel has that same issue with their movies right now. If you introduce a character who's supposed to play a big part, and then we all don't like that character, then more likely than not, it's going to negatively impact the future of these movies. In the early stages of the MCU, it almost didn't matter if the movies were great or not because we were invested in the characters and the actors that were playing them. We wanted to see Robert Downey Jr. play Iron Man over and over again. We wanted to see Chris Evans play Captain America in nine movies. Who is somebody in the MCU that is newer that you want to see play the character nine more times? I think that's becoming a difficult question. I liked Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. Do I want to see him play that character eight more times? Let me put it another way. Who is the face of the MCU right now? Because in the past, you had multiple answers. It could have been Downey Jr. It could have been Chris Evans. Who is that right now? Is it Benedict Cumberbatch by default? Is it Tom Holland? Is it about to be Ryan Reynolds? I just don't know who the face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. And I think that's an important question that has yet to be answered. Especially with more of these actors leaving these roles. Chris Hemsworth is not going to be Thor forever. We're going to get a last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Then they're out of the picture. So you're losing more of these popular characters. As of this moment, I don't think Marvel is doing a good enough job of introducing the next future wave of who they believe is going to be the future of their franchise. I don't think the Riri Williams character, Ironheart, was given a proper character arc. And it's making some people ask the question, did Ryan Coogler even want this character in the movie, or was he forced to have her in the film? In the past, when Marvel was introducing characters and they were in a movie for a few minutes, minutes, yeah, it was kind of annoying, but at least you got to go, oh, it's going to be cool to see this person play this character again. Now these introductions are annoying, and you don't care about the future of these characters. I don't know if I ever want to see Harry Styles in an Eternal sequel. I don't care about the future of that. I don't really care for the Ironheart TV show in the future. Oscar chances, the first Black Panther was and is still the only Marvel movie that was not nominated for Best Picture. Sadly, I don't see this movie getting in because I don't see the Academy voting for free blockbusters, and I think Top Gun Maverick has a better chance, and Avatar Way of the Water, if watchable, is going to possibly be there as well. A lot of people are acting like it's a given that Angela Bassett will be the first person nominated for a performance in a Marvel movie, and I'll be honest, I have mixed feelings in that. She's great in the movie, but there are better performances in this film. Wright, in my opinion, is better than Bassett. I thought Michael B. Jordan should have been nominated for the first Black Panther movie. He was electric as Killmonger. Also, I'm of the opinion Robert Downey Jr. should have received at least one nomination for his work as Iron Man. And if you forced me to pick for which movie, I'd pick Captain America Civil War. That was the movie I'm like, give Robert Downey Jr. a 
Best Supporting Actor nomination because what he does in that movie when he's not the central figure is super impressive. I just find it odd that this is the performance that they might honor. I mean, again, it's not bad. I just wouldn't put it on my list of the best performances given in a Marvel movie. She gives the third best performance in the movie behind Wright and Huerta. With Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the much maligned Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is over. Here's my official ranking of the seven Marvel movies in Phase 4. Number 7, Chloe Zhao's The Eternals. Almost nothing from this movie is memorable. I didn't care for the tone and I've said it before and I'll say it again. The movie's use of history is in poor taste. I think this movie is as bad as a Marvel movie since Thor The Dark World. Number 6, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This is the most disappointing Marvel movie for me. I loved the first Doctor Strange, but this sequel is the poster child for everything wrong with the current batch of Marvel films. It's trying to tie in the past Marvel movies and build towards the future, and it fails at both things. I love Sam Raimi, but this movie is underwhelming. And before I move on with the list, that's something that I really find fascinating about Marvel is how much these directors wanted to make these movies. Is The Eternals the movie Chloe Zhao wanted to make? Or did the studio interfere? The same with Sam Raimi. I mean, we love to believe that these directors have better visions than the movies that were shown to us, but we just don't know. Maybe that is the movie Chloe Zhao wanted to make, and maybe that is the movie Sam Raimi wanted to make. Number 5, Black Widow. A movie I feel mixed on. On one hand, I love Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh. On the other, I don't think this movie fully committed to be a spy movie like it should have. The end battle is pure CGI nonsense. It's good, but it's mid-tier Marvel. Number 4, Thor Love and Thunder. Now, unlike most people, I really like the fourth movie starring Chris Hemsworth as Thor. It gave redemption to Natalie Portman's Jane Foster and had a great villain in Christian Bale's Gore the God Butcher. I love Taika Waititi's style and most of this movie worked on me. Number 3, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. This is a really good origin story that has great action sequences, especially the one on the bus. Simu Liu is great as the lead character and will most likely be one of the key faces of Marvel moving forward. And Daniel Destin Cretton proved he could helm an action movie. I'm glad he's directing the next Avengers movie, Secret Wars. Number two, the movie I've been talking about all podcast long, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. There was a lot of pressure on this movie, and while though it's not as good as the first one, it's still better than most Marvel films and looks better than most of them as well. I think that's where I'm at as a fan of these movies. I can only really tolerate them when they look like the two people that are in the movie are in the same room, and that's what Black Panther Wakanda Forever felt like. It felt like people were in the same room, even if they weren't. This movie is gorgeous to look at, especially compared to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That movie is one of the worst-looking Marvel films. And I know the thing that most people have a problem with is the end of these movies. All of these Marvel movies seem to end with a big CGI battle, and in a lot of them, there are no memorable action sequences. That's what I loved about Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. They did a different action style 
that was super effective. I think these movies need to act more like action films. Alright, let's get to number one because there's really only one obvious answer. It's Spider-Man No Way Home. To bring together the three actors, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire, who have played Spider-Man is super cool. What's even more cool is that director John Watts made it make sense. Andrew Garfield in particular is no pun intended amazing in this movie. It's an example of something that Marvel has been so good at in the past, pulling off something that looks extremely hard to pull off, like Avengers Endgame. What's crazy about that movie in Infinity War is how many characters are in that film, and for those movies to not be just good, but great films is super impressive, and the same thing goes for Spider-Man No Way Home. You have three different Spider-Man who have all been leading men in their movies. You have to make it feel like they're there for a purpose and each give them moments. And the way they were able to do that is one of the most impressive things Marvel has been able to do since becoming the MCU. Where Marvel goes from here is a big question, but what Phase 4 tells me is they can still make decent movies, but they are no longer as consistent as they used to be. It felt like every time there was a Marvel movie, there was an exciting thing to wait for. I mean, you had Captain America Civil War, then you had Infinity War, then you had Endgame. I mean, really, the only movie that fell flat was a movie like Captain Marvel and Thor The Dark World. Other than that, I liked almost all of the Marvel films. Captain America The Winter Soldier, that was great. Guardians of the Galaxy was fantastic. Thor Ragnarok is unlike any superhero movie we had ever seen. They were able to move their story forward while also making really good movies. Now it seems like in the future we're due for movies like Eternals and movies like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I feel like part of the problem is the Disney Plus Marvel shows. There's just too much Marvel going on all at once and it's becoming impossible to retain what exactly is going on. How are all of these things connected? What I am super excited for is to see Jonathan Majors play Kang the Conqueror. I mean that casting choice alone could be the thing that saves Marvel from becoming irrelevant because that really worked for them in the early stages. They had Josh Brolin playing Thanos who was in the shadows and we were all waiting for him to show up and then when he came up it was incredible. He was great in Infinity War and Endgame. And I think there's very little doubt that Jonathan Majors is going to put on a show in these future Marvel films. But it's almost like yeah they have their great villain but who is going to be the heroes that go up against him? Yes you still have Spider-Man, you have Doctor Strange but at some point these Marvel movies are going to have to hit on a new superhero that is going to take over the franchise and I'm just curious who's that going to be? I would love Shuri's Black Panther to take the mantle as one of the leads of this franchise moving forward. I think she proves she's a movie star and should become an Avenger in the near future. We all know that eventually they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four and the X-Men are going to be brought to the table, but by the time these heroes come up, will it be too late? Overall, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is as good as it can be given the circumstances. I'm excited to see where the franchise goes from here, and I really hope Ryan Coogler continues to be the man at the helm of it. The last thing I'll say about the movie is that the ending has a brilliant tribute to the late great Chadwick Boseman, IRP. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of
the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I highly recommend you go out and watch the movie Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the holiday comedy Spirited starring Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, and Octavia Spencer in the movie The Wonder starring Florence Pugh. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.